evening. Good to see you tonight. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. And we'll probably be in chapter 6 for most of the evening. But I would like to start. Let's have a word of prayer before we start. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day, Lord. And thank you for your precious word. And Lord, uh, pray that, Lord, that your word would touch each of our hearts tonight and touch our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've titled this message, Portraits of, Portraits of Christ and Salvation in the Book of Genesis. And specifically, I'm going to talk about the ark. And to begin with, I'd like to read a verse from Hebrews. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So God had warned Noah. And uh, tonight we're going to look at some of the uh, portraits of Christ that we can see in the uh, account of the ark. And uh, we'll start in uh, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. God saw the weakness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And I repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So we see weakness was up on the earth, and that phrase, it grieved God in his heart. And sin always does grieve God. Even sin today grieves God. So we see where Noah walked with God, as did Enoch had done before Noah, before his, before his generation. And it was a corrupt age. It was kind of easy to be religious when it's fashionable, but it takes strong faith to stand alone against public opinion. And we see where Noah... He stood alone against public opinion. And uh, the scripture records that Noah was 600 years old when the flood came upon the earth. And after the flood, Noah lived another 350 years. So when Noah passed away, he was 950 years old. And we know it in the scripture, it says that uh, in Hebrews, that he was warned of God of things not seen as yet. So there are things that the earth had not seen as yet. And I thought about what is it that they had not seen? One of the things that came up is they've never seen a rainbow. You know, think about that. But in chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 2, we'll start at verse 5 or 6. Start at verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground, 
But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So one of the things they had not seen before the flood was rain. Because the earth was watered by a mist coming up from the ground. And uh, I kind of went to uh, the Ark Encounters page and I got the dimensions. The Bible gives us specific dimensions of the Ark. And uh, the Ark was... 510 feet long, 81 feet wide, and 51 feet tall. And we refer to it as the ark. If you look at the ark in the dictionary, it says a ship made by Noah. They call it a ship. Anyway, we refer to it as the ark. And so we have the account of the ark. And... Uh, Noah preached, I think maybe maybe over 100 years during this time. We don't know exactly how long it took to build the ark, but he was told approximately 120 years before the flood it was going to come. And he preached, and he warned the people, and the, that judgment would come. But this warning kind of fell on deaf ears. Can we hear that account? And the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, uh, so we also give him a warning. Noah had a warning about judgment coming. And so in uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 26 and 27, it says, As it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the Son of Man, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Basically, the people had no warning except the warning from the voice of Noah. And uh, it was because of God's grace toward Noah that he provided means of salvation. And uh, it records that every kind of animal he brought into the ark. And the ark was a means of salvation. And the Old Testament picture of Christ and his redemption were for mankind is seen in the biblical account of the ark. If you look at the ark, and God provided salvation for Noah and his family and for his creation. Now, the plan, of the, the plan for the ark... It was not just a spur-of-the-moment plan. You know, in, in Genesis early on, we see that God says, you shall not eat of the fruit of that tree. If you do, you shall surely die. God made a proclamation if sin came upon the earth, people would die. And uh, basically, God does not want mankind living in an eternal state in a sinful condition. Imagine if a person like Hitler had eternal life or these evil people. God does not want eternity, people to live for eternity in that, in that lost situation. And uh, so it wasn't that spur of the moment. God had, had a plan that if sin came on the earth, that there would be death. 
And uh, so salvation, God's plan of salvation is not an afterthought for us because Christ is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. So the ark, we see God's detail given in the, in the ark. God's detail was down to every very detail, even the type of wood that he would use. He gave no other dimensions. And uh, salvation, our plan of salvation is a plan according to God's plan and God's exact detail. For by grace are you saved through faith not of yourself. And so we see what Noah was saved by grace. Sure are we. Just as the ark was the only means for deliverance and security for Noah, Christ is the only means of salvation and deliverance for the sinner. For the scripture says in Acts, for there is, for there is neither salvation any other, for there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. So salvation is through faith. There's only one way of salvation. And let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 6, 13 and 14. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is, earth is filled with violence, and through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. So God told him to build this ark, told him what kind of wood, and he told him even to use pitch. And you see, it was sealed, it was sealed with a pitch. I don't know what kind of pitch. It was from a tree or where it came from. But it was sealed inside and out. The pitch was a sealant. It kept the water out, kept them safe inside. And uh, to me, I see the pitch being a sealant. And we have an example that in the scriptures, it says here in Ephesians, in whom after you also trusted that he heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, was as the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession um, through the praise of God. So we are sealed, like the art was sealed, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And another word that caught my attention is... Uh, uh, purchase possession. We are if we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. Another scripture talks about the Holy Spirit. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So we have God's seal upon our lives once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Also, we see the door. And it says here, Genesis 6, 16, A window shalt thou make in the ark, and a cubic shalt thou furnish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. 
Here it says the door. There's not a, a door. There's not many doors. There's only one door. One door. And there's only one door of salvation for us. So the arch has one door. And uh, it was the only door. The uh, ark, the door of the ark was the only way to escape God's judgment for Noah and his family. And uh, we notice that the Lord shut the door. And uh, a New Testament scripture says, I am the door. If by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. So Christ is our door to salvation. Jesus also says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there's only one way of salvation. Only one way of salvation for Noah and his family. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's another verse that I like a lot. I, I think about this one a whole lot. It's Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which was first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by them that heard him? That question, how shall we escape if we neglect this so great a salvation? And the people in Noah's day, they were told about a coming judgment, and they neglected it. We are told about a coming judgment, too, a judgment for sin, but God has provided a way of escape. There is no other way of escape except for trusting in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. The ark was a place of safety and security for the uh, Noah and his family. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, and thy house into the ark. For I have seen righteous before me in this generation. That's Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And uh, the Lord said, come unto him. The Lord calls for us to come to him too. Uh, it was a place of safety. And the note, the ark had no oars. It had no rudder. It had no sails. It was completely sealed up, had a window on top, and they were completely sealed in. Noah and his family had no control. When the storm came, the floods came, it was very, very violent. The depths of the water came up from the bottom, from, from all sides, and they were tossed probably to and fro, but they were sealed. And they had no control. God is in control. So I think about that passage that where Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came. Everyone was frightened. And Christ says to the wind and the sea, be still. And there was calm. Our God has control over the storms of life. Even the winds and the sea obey him. God brought this flood. God brought this storm. 
Noah has had no control, but God was in control of Noah and his family and their safety inside the ark. Uh, also, I want to talk about the dove and the olive branch as a symbol. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 11, And a dove came down in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that waters were abated from the earth. So that dove, he had sent out before, it came back. At this time, came back with an olive leaf. So Noah knew that the flood of it had been abated. Today, since that time, the olive branch has been a symbol of peace. You see that. Uh, in a sense, God extends an olive branch to us through Jesus Christ, a symbol of peace, symbol for our salvation. Uh, so the dove and the olive leaf served to tell Noah, time is peace is here. The deliverance has been completed, and it's a new start, a new beginning, and a new creation. The earth is being recreated again because all that everything was destroyed. And oh, I often think, what happened to it, all that water? It says the wind blew for seven months. And I find it interesting to note up in the Arctic and Antarctic, below all that ice and stuff, they find fossilized palm trees, camels, and other life fossilized. Perhaps the wind, when it blew, I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but maybe it deposited all that moisture on the Arctic and Antarctic. So uh, probably a lot of the water went back into the earth, into the aquifers. But uh, anyway, uh, the water was abated, and we have peace with God, the peace of God. See here. Here's a, a, a in, a, in Matthew chapter three, sixteen and seventeen, talking about Jesus being baptized. And when, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. The heavens were opened, and he saw the, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice came from heaven saying, "This is my beloved Son." I have well pleased. So we see that picture of the dove here coming, symbolizing uh, the Holy Spirit. Also in uh, the next day, John sees Jesus coming upon him, coming upon him, and says, Behold, the Lamb of God was taken away from the sins of the world. This is whom I said, After me cometh a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come to baptize thee with water. And John bare record, saying, He saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and abode upon him. And I knew him not, but, but he that sent me to baptize him with water, the same said unto me, upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending, and remaineth on him. The same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost.
So we see the uh, baptism of Christ and we see the dove. Then I'd like to talk about the covenants. God made a covenant with Noah to spare him and his family. In Genesis 6, 6, 8, 6 18, it says, But I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, thy wife and thy sons' wives with them. So God made a covenant with Noah for salvation, to deliver them from the judgment to come. And he made another covenant later on after the flood. I do set my bow in a cloud, and it shall be a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, and the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature and all flesh. The water shall no more come to flood the earth. So we have a covenant of God. We have a visual covenant of God. And that visual covenant is to remind the whole world, not just here in Tennessee, but that bow in the sky can be seen throughout Russia, China, South America, North America, across the whole globe. That covenant can be seen in the sky. In fact, last Sunday night when we were driving to church, we seen the rainbow. And I imagine you're all like us. You marvel. Look at the rainbow. We marvel at that scene. And uh, it's a thing of beauty. And it can be seen all over. And it should remind us of God's promise. But it can also remind us that it was a judgment for sin. When we see the bow, we should remember what it represents. Not only that it's not going to flood the earth again like that, but it remembers, remember what, what happened before. Um, I mentioned earlier that God has given us a warning. And it says here in Second Peter, for, God, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in chains to be dark, chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And God spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly, turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, and condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto us that should live that after that should live ungodly. So God gave us an example. This is what happened to them. And there's another judgment to come. So when you see the rainbow, we remember God gave us a covenant, and He there is another judgment coming. So, the, so we have a covenant see that rainbow. But there's another covenant found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sins. God has given us another covenant. That's for the remission of sins. 
God made a covenant with his family to save him and his family. God has also made a covenant with the world to save that those that trust and believe and trust in the blood and death and the resurrection of Christ. We have another example of his covenant. It says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we read in Hebrews that God warned Noah. He has warned the world. And he's provided a way of salvation. And uh, God also calls us to live separate life. He says, God also calls us to walk with him. He says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch the, not the unclean things, and I will receive you. In Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians two sixteen and seventeen, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. And finally, what we have to look forward to, God gave us this covenant. We have, we can look, and it's found in Corinthians chapter fifteen, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians fifteen. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality, so when it so when this corruptible shall be put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put up immortality, then it shall be brought to pass, saying, Death is swallowed up in victory. So we have victory over sin. We have our so great a salvation that God has given to us. And we can see God's pictures, examples of salvation through the ark, through the flood, through his covenant with Noah, through the rainbow, through the shed blood of Christ, and thank God for his uh, so great a salvation. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come and worship you and to learn about you. And we ask your blessing on each and every one. Ask give us safety as you go home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.